Christopher Haluski. And I'm Jason Alejandro. And this is Dissection, brought to you by JK Design. Kira Alexandra started her career at the seminal design studio Emmenco, founded by Deborah Kalman, followed by creative director positions at MTV and Sundance TV. She has taught in the graphic design graduate program at Yale since 1999 and frequently lectures about design. Kiffer Keegan began as a cinematographer and motion designer. Before becoming a partner at Work Order, he worked as senior designer at Comedy Central and as lead designer and animator for over a dozen major luxury and media accounts from Acura to HBO. In this episode, we'll speak with Kira and Kiffer about the rebranding of the Huffington Post that their studio did. Hi, I'm Kiffer. I'm Kira. Cool. Thanks for being on the show. So today we're talking about the branding and identity that your studio did for HuffPost. So just to kind of begin, tell us how this project even came about. Uh, it well, The HuffPost project came about, it was a cold call. Uh, the um, head of product at HuffPost, Allison Zach, had seen our work um, and was kind of on a quick quick turnaround timeline. Uh, I believe she brought in three studios to present work. We were one of them. And when we came in, we showed, we, we kind of ran through three case studies with the, with the team assembled at HuffPost that we felt were relevant for the project. And when we brought now this up on the screen, uh, Mark Silverstein, who's the head of business development, kind of like stopped the meeting, gasped, stood up and said, oh my God, these are, these are the guys who did this? I told you to bring in the guys who did now this. So it was kind of a coup for them internally all around. Uh, I'm not sure, the, uh, Allison, I know she knew we did now this, but I don't know if she knew how passionately Mark was about it. So it was just sort of this fortuitous moment where um, we we sort of were in good standing just just on that uh, synergy. Um, and cold calls are, are a funny thing, you know. They they come they come to you because they like your work, but you have no idea what the relationship is going to be like. And we had a blast working with those guys. They were um, super fun, super responsive, totally in line, totally respectful of the process, very involved. Uh, it was it was you know the the best first date we could have ever had. It was also really exciting for us because it's such a kind of a it's a wild time um, right now with news, and being that this was right around the time of the inauguration, uh, it was it was just it, it was it was really interesting to see kind of firsthand from a news organization where they wanted to head and what and how they wanted to reshape uh, the landscape of of news and and. To be a part of that at that time was really was really fascinating. And, and of course, going in uh, once once they selected us as the studio they wanted to work with, we, we we didn't know. Still, still, the big question was, okay, well, how do we handle what's happening with the news? Um, actually, did we get the job pre-Trump? Yeah, yeah, we got it um, in in December. No, but pre-Trump election. Oh no, we got a post-Trump election, but pre-Trump in the White House. Also, we did know that they were going to have a new editor-in-chief as Ariana Huffington had stepped down the, the year prior. 
Um, we learned of the new editor-in-chief shortly after they, I, I think she got the green light for, for uh, the, she got the position about a week after they hired us. So that was exciting too. We had a new, we had a new uh, visionary in charge. Uh, we, we, we weren't just sort of going blind, uh, doing a design without uh, a mission. Um, she has a very, her name is Lydia Paul Green. She has a very unique voice. She had a very clear mission. It was a big departure from where Huffington Post had been. Um, so it was kind of, we were, we were along for the ride and it was all new for them, for us, for everyone. So one of the things I'm curious right off the bat was the change from the Huffington Post to just HuffPost. And um, were you involved in that decision to shorten the name? That was, if we weren't, we would have recommended it, but they had already uh, determined that that was part of their charge, um, obviously because people already shorten it. Yeah. And they, they thought about HuffPo as it's commonly known, um, but sort of to keep it, have a, at least a, a nod to uh, journalism and, and newspapers and a, formal, a formalness to it, they kept it as post. So talk a little bit about kind of how you got started in um, whether it was research or kind of understanding the audience and the landscape. What were kind of your first steps in tackling this rebranding? Um, well, yes, looking at competitive landscape and, and, and where Huffington Post had been, um, they were very transparent with us uh, about that. Uh, and obviously Huffington Post was started very organically without a lot of um, mission. So here was a brand that got, um, you know, it's only 10 years old. It's funny to think, uh, but th they, they started, it was still pretty pretty new territory and they, they kind of have a naivete to their look in a, in a, in a world that's now very cluttered. So they had to kind of not, not lose who they were, but catch up quick. Um, so they knew that they presented us with that as part of the strategy. The question we had for them as far as rebrand re was, okay, well, do we, do we hold on to our heritage as kind of a signal like we're, we're sticking with um you know who we began as but we're going to modernize our language but not our logo um should we you know mildly update it as a as a nod to we know where we came from but we also know that we want to evolve or do we want to just completely blank slate and uh start a new kind of a radical approach uh breaking from the past um and, and we kind of, we gave them kind of case studies for each of those, of those lanes, um, and did kind of light sketching in both, in all those, in all those territories. And happily for us, they went for, let's go, let's go radical. We have brand new editor in chief. We have crazy wild times. We've got to kind of just go for it. Very cool. Yeah. It's always nice when a client gives you that free reign to start with a blank slate instead of having to work off of a legacy brand. Well, except I got to say, in the case of Kodak, um, we told them to keep part of their heritage or actually, in fact, return to the heritage that they had, that they had lost. So it, it's not always a strategy that we um, want clean slate. There is some value to, to looking to the past. Sure. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, and with and with Huffington Post, I would say this that they you know they joked to us that that their logo was never even designed. It was just somebody just had typed it out and it just kind of stuck. So 
it, it was debatable what how much heritage is there really i mean they just they just kind of had this look and we we went back in our research uh we went to the internet uh archive and pulled um samples of their website over time so we went you know all the way back to to day one um of what their site looked like and, and kind of took took these snapshots and kind of and analyzed them to see is there anything here worth grabbing onto and there really there really wasn't at the end of the day and so once you had made the kind of the decision to move forward with this new radical approach um what were maybe some of the the different directions you took as you were coming coming up with concepts for the visual identity for this brand well, at that point, we really did turn to Lydia to see what her editorial voice was going to be. And it was surprising and exciting to hear from her. She really, uh, she, she used the word tabloid to us. She said, you know, I want to reclaim the people's voice. I want to speak to everybody. I don't want to be on one side of the, of the aisle. I want uh, to represent everyone. It's a, I want to bring the spirit of democracy into this, uh, which in these times of very polarized politics, uh, was a really interesting approach. And we looked at what that meant to be a tabloid, um, and kind of landed in a, in a fairly literal place as far as what a tabloid looks like. And what we did, so our font is, is, is caps, bold, black italic. I mean, there's, there's no real surprises there. Um, and then what we did was, okay, well, how do we then make this a, a digital brand? How do we, um, one, one piece of heritage we did keep is just keeping a little flavor of their original green that we updated slightly, um, so that it could read with black and white text as easily or over black and white. Um, and then used the, 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 the green shapes that we put on either side of the logo. They, they represent, um, you know, a single quote mark. They, uh, they collapse down to become the H icon. Um, they, they hold the thought of HuffPost in, in one, um, sort of in, in one, they bookend, they, they bookend the logo or the name rather, uh, so that it's not just a logo type. Uh, I'm just going to say that, you know, there's an efficiency to the mark that we thought was really important. Um, you know, getting really small, uh, and also working with their voice, which was really important. If we could, if we could figure out a way to link their icon or this mark to, uh, the way that they speak and their voice, we knew it would be really powerful. And that was, you know, one of the things that we really tried to get across was that this, this thing can collapse really small, but it can also speak a sentence. It can also uh, reveal your logo. It can also uh, be a transitional device in your, in video. It can be, it can be the thing that you first see that opens you up and brings you into an image. So that was, that was once we, once we uh, started bringing this, this icon into motion, it really opened up a lot of possibilities, which we really liked. So to try to verbalize an example of uh, what Kiffer is saying um, in a podcast, <laughs> one, uh, they were really focused on 
the the kind of tabloidy nature of their headlines. Obviously, it's been that is part of their heritage, is sort of the quippy, quick headline. Um, and what we wanted to do is visually show that the for them to be able to own the headline graphically as well. So we did animations for them where um, you collapse HuffPost down to the to the icon to the H icon. You open it back up and you can have one of their tabloid headlines. The one we used uh, at the time was "Room Full of Men Screws Women," which was one of their kind of top hit headlines. So as soon as you put the open quote green uh, italic marks on either side of that headline, then it immediately reminds you that it comes the author of this voice is HuffPost. Yeah, it's really great. And, you know, it does all those things you said in such a simple mark, and yet it's so um, versatile in so many ways. It's really great. Um, how quickly did you guys land on this as the direction you wanted to move forward? Were there a lot of iterations and um, kind of back and forth with what the mark would be, or did you come to it pretty early on? There were a lot of iterations. I would say because we had landed on the, the, the side of modernize, it was just a way of how to execute that. Um, in an efficient space for them, uh, again, so that whatever the logo did spoke to how they uh, designed the website itself. And, and video was a big focus for them as well, that it worked really well in video. Um, we, you know, I think Kiffer articulated it already, the idea that uh, we want to be able to build in a set of tools with everything we make. And so this gave us not only a tool for behavior, um, a way to, again, bookend the name, but also to create an icon. So it kind of was a three in one. So for those reasons, I think we came to it pretty quickly. Yeah, the, the idea I think came quick and then uh, noodling around with how it, how it locks up and how it sets and is it, is, it, is it leaning this way or that way or is it this shape or that, we, we, worked, we worked with them on. And they gotcha. were they were very decisive client. They again, uh, Allison is a designer. Um, we also worked with Julia Belzer, who's head of product. They they just are a very respectful team, and they understood um, what um, that they they needed to provide us kind of answers and uh, allow us to come up with the solutions to answer what their needs were. And it's it's always great, you know, clients like that who are willing to. Both let you into their uh, their um, their circle, and then for for us to do the same with somebody is it, it's it's always it's so great to get people who are who are um, up to the challenge and want to collaborate and want to get into the weeds with us, um, and and vice versa. It's it's you we always we always. Uh, 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 hope clients are have that comfort have that level of comfortability, um, but this one th these uh, Allison and and um, Julia were great. So, what were some of the challenges that you guys faced in working on this project? Kira, and I, Kira and I are looking at each other. Uh, I don't think I, I have to say this this from start to finish. This was a pretty um, seamless. Uh, uh, execution. I, I don't, we, we didn't, the challenges were just in, 
I, honestly, okay, I'll give you a challenge. Here you go. <laughs> um, we knew we couldn't get this wrong. If that's a challenge, we we sure. knew we knew that you know we both we both um, knew that there was a lot of responsibility, and we say that we're not journalists at all. We don't we don't have we're, we're not out there you know fighting that fight and doing that hard work at all. Um, but we knew we had an obligation to get it right, just by the nature of of where we are as a country and. And what are uh, what the 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 tenets of our country are, are founded upon? One of them being the free press. We just knew we had to do it. We had to get it right, and that was probably the biggest challenge. The client was great. We we moved pretty quickly um, through everything. I, I have to say that's probably the the one challenge we have, and that was a, that was a, a personal one. And I think we are humble in as much as we're not saying our logo or design can save democracy. Um, I think it's one small piece and in doing so uh, clear communication is probably uh, uh, an, an one of the most important aspects for HuffPost, especially with the kind of drastic change of their editorial voice. Um, while we say we did a radical approach by starting over with the logo, it is um, more that we we're also leaning on other conventions. We're not trying to alienate people and say, "Hey, here's you know uh, something brand new. You have to now learn and figure out." We're definitely leaning on on the format and the and the vernacular language of where they wanted to take the brand. And so once the, the branding was decided upon and you kind of built out this toolkit for them, um, did you then hand it over to their internal team or did you continue to work with them as they rolled out their, the new website and other kind of assets like that? Uh, a bit of a combination, again, because Allison is a designer and she has a small and efficient and um, close team to her. Uh, she would shoot some stuff back to us as, as they needed and... Um, sought our advice, but really they, they had a handle on it. Um, she even helped us often. Um, Hey, what about this for the style guide? So it was definitely back and forth and it doesn't hurt that not only is she smart, um, uh, a great client, but also funny as hell. And so it was, you know, a pleasure to, to get her email or call. And the, and the motion team was, was, was really, they were top notch. They didn't, we didn't, I think we shared a little bit of, of, of files back and forth with them, but they, once we had some, uh, some sketches and once we illustrated the idea, they completely just took the ball and ran with it and, and no, no looking back. So another piece of, uh, rolling this out was announcing HuffPost both to the internal team and to the world and Julia wanted to treat it as a as a light switch so they didn't let anyone in the editorial team really uh, in on on any of this I think probably only the PR team knew about the logo change and it also made it exciting for them to say hey we've got a new editor-in-chief we've got to we've got a lot of work to do as far as um, communicating to the world and we have a whole brand package that goes with it so it was uh, it was it was great sort of an all-in package for the team to see and they made a million little uh, you know 
cupcakes with logos on it, all, all the classic stuff. But what was amazing was their attention to detail was all there. Um, I'm sure everyone's gone through the project where you see your logo then stretched on something and you, the designer, are, are eking that it's not the right aspect ratio. Um, but it, in fact, they were way on top of everything and their execution um, was pitch perfect. Very cool. And so now that it's been quite a few months since the brand launched and they've been using this brand, um, how is it to see this brand in use? You know, when you go to their website or if you see videos online somewhere and you see the work that you started and now that they're carrying on with it, um, have you, has it changed? Has it evolved? Have you seen things that you never even expected or intended that their team has kind of run with? It's always fun to see how they, how, um, how brands take what, what you've given them and, and run with is really cool. I think one of the things for me, which is, it's weird. I actually, I've actually, I, I'm a, I was a consumer of, of Huffington Post, uh, before this. And now looking at it, I still look at it every day, um, uh, about 15 to 50 times a day. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's weird. I, I think I might've stopped seeing it. Mm. Well, you, you, you accept it now as, as part of the culture. I, I, I don't think we see it as our work out in the world. We, we accept it as, 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 as part of the fabric. Um, I, I do have to say, sometimes I look on my phone, I'm like, hey, that, that I, I'm going to tap. On. Oh, that's ours. It, was, yeah, it, was, it really it, stands out on the it phone. Was, yeah, it was funny when we said, like, because, you know, when you're, when you're mocking things up, they're, they're still, they're, they're still somewhat abstract in your head. And then when you, and then like when, when they launched and my, my phone did a refresh, the icon that I'm so used to looking at that had, it was this big, ugly H. And now it's this, this green shape. It was really cool. It's like, oh my God, okay, it's, it's, out, it's, it's out there in the world moving. It's really, really nice. To see a slideshow with images related to the project for this episode, please go to dissection.jkdesign.com. And while you're there, you can also learn more about us and listen to past episodes. Also, don't forget to go to iTunes, where you can subscribe and leave us a positive review if you like the show, which we hope you did. And you can also listen on SoundCloud, and you can leave comments on this particular episode there. Dissection has been brought to you by JK Design, a branding, advertising, and design agency with offices in New York and New Jersey. To learn more, check us out at jkdesign.com.